What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by Illegal Pete's, everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Jake Schwanitz here. Nikki Edwards joins the show again. I know. I just can't leave. I know. We can't get rid of you. I know. Anytime you text me, I'm like, yep, (laughs) let's do it. But it also worked out because I had this day off. Like when you text me, it always just like seems to work out and love being with you guys. And I like uh, talking about football. So it's going to be a good Wednesday. Let's go. Vibes are vibes are high. I'm wearing Uh, my dad's Long Beach State jersey. (laughs) Yeah, you're dripping. Number 32. uh, The banana slugs. Yep. Yep. Hell yeah. So, yeah, feeling feeling funky and fresh. Out here representing. Yeah. You're coming in at the perfect <laughs> time, though. Dre killed it the last two days. Everyone in the chat, round of applause for Andre's performance the last two days. Absolutely amazing. Uh, that guy killed it. Now you're here to kill it. Yeah. Well, and we have plenty of stuff to talk I about. I know. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, Alyssa, I sent you a tweet in Buff's assignments. It's the full list of all Pac-12 First and second team. Of course, the big news, Travis Hunter. He makes it. And hasn't even played it down yet. And he's a first teamer, <laughs> a multi-first teamer for the Pac-12. At DB and at all-purpose player. Not at wide receiver yet, though. But he got an honorable mention, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think seeing that just shows that the community, the media community, really recognizes his talent. Even though he hasn't even played <clears throat> a snap in the Pac-12 yet, you can still see his talent and potential from what he previously did. Like, and even in like practice too. Like that guy's a blanket. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, he's so he's so solid at corner. And I think the rest of the Pac-12 media sees that and his ceiling and what he can really be. I think that's why he made the team, and I think that's why a lot of other buffs, like this whole team. It didn't really get as much recognition because there's so many question marks with this team and mm-hmm. what they're going to do and how they're going to contribute within the Pac-12 landscape. But Travis Hunter, you know, always know is going to be like automatic, great, consistent. And it's good to see him honorable mention at wide receiver, too, because I think some people saw the spring game right. and those drives that he had with Shador, like they work so well together and that chemistry is there. So it's it's good to see that he got recognition there. And I think... You know, maybe we're a little biased, but that's definitely going to translate into the season, him playing um, both sides. Absolutely. Um, it's a pretty loaded Pac-12 first team. Caleb Williams at quarterback. Your running backs are Damian Martinez out of Oregon State, Bucky Irving out of Oregon. Romo Dunce out of Washington at wide receiver. Other wide receivers, Dorian Singer, former Arizona Wildcat now at USC. Brant Keithy coming off an injury last year, a season-ending injury. He makes first-team tight end. Uh, from Utah, Sa- Sato. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Satoa Laumea. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he makes the tackle out of Oregon, uh, Utah. Sorry, uh, Joshua Gray out of Oregon State. Troy Fautano out of Washington. Talise Fuaga out of Oregon State, and Keaton Bills out of Utah. That's your first team Pac-12 offense. Is there anything that stands out to you about the first team offense? Um, Reed for Utah, I really so I personally selected Jalen um, Conyers of Arizona yeah. State. Like I remember watching him with, I mean, <laughs> buff season was the buff season, but but that game, <laughs> that game, like he was just automatic. Like him and X Valade, like so powerful, great pass catcher, good blocker. Like you know, he's everything that you want in a tight end, and. 
I think with just like his seniority and his experience, I thought he would take that place. And, you know, he, Reed was injured last season. So there's kind of, don't know what he can produce, but I know Utah is like Dalton Kincaid. Like, right. They're like, a, they're like a little small tight end university. Like they're they so are. good at producing tight ends. So I think that was surprising to see um, him there. Love Bucky Irving. Mm-hmm. He's just so he's a tough runner. He's yeah. so good. He's so good. But um, I don't think any like in terms of surprises. Yeah. I don't know. Like I had, you know, Caleb Williams and Michael Penix as my number one. Bo Nix, honorable mention. I mean, I wonder if Cam Rising could have been an honorable mention too. Yeah. Like I think all of those like quarterbacks are so balanced. And yeah, I guess I guess Shador will eventually get that recognition as well. Right. But I was wondering if he would even get any like recognition or mention or even land on the list because he was so productive at JSU, but of course we don't know what the Pac-12 has in store for him. Right. It's just tough that you only get to vote for two quarterbacks. Yeah. I think everything makes sense though. Like Romo, Dunze, Mm -hmm. God, he was also so good. Like going through like all of my picks and like, I was like, oh my goodness, I remember this guy and like what they did against the buffs. And I was like, whoo, brings me back. Yep. All the yards. <laughs> uh, what you said about uh, Jalen Conyers, I 100% agree. I voted him second team, uh, Pac-12 tight ends. Benjamin Urosic out of Stanford gets that. Stanford's another team in the Pac-12, kind of a tight end factory. Michael Penix, your quarterback. Jaden Ott, Carson Steele at running back. Jalen McMillan, Jacob Cowling at wide receiver. Now on the offensive line, Jake Levengood, Oregon State. Justin Dedick out of USC. Jonah Monahim out of USC. Jordan Morgan out of Arizona and Jarrett Kingston out of USC. On the defensive side of the ball, though, of course, Travis makes first team DB. He's in there with Cole Bishop out of Utah, Kalen Bullock, USC, and Katan Aladipo out of Oregon State. Braylon Trice, Leatu Latu at UCLA on the defensive line. Uh, anything on defense that stood out to you when this came out? Um, I think just like my personal pick was like I was it was like a toss up between Travis Hunter at one and like Keaton Oladopo. Right. Oladopo. Um, yeah. Oregon State. I had them one too. Yeah, I had Ke- I had um, Kitlon. That's his first name, right? Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. I had him at one, and then like last minute I switched him. With, I put Travis Hunter at one. I think just because Travis Hunter is so good, but like Keaton is also like. You know, equally, I wouldn't maybe say equally as talented, but you could saw his numbers last year. He was right. so good. Um, there was, um, I guess, Bear Alexander. Like, I thought he would at least get something on the second team defense, but yeah. of course, Eric Gentry, like, whew, mm-hmm. that guy's a that guy's a dog. But I thought they'd see. You I mean, had like four linebackers that you could have voted for in the linebacker section. It was crazy. Like, yeah, I thought Bear Alexander would get on there. I also put um, that transfer from Wyoming. I like I put him oh, on my gosh, offensive what's his line. Name? Thing. Emmanuel. Yeah. I know who you're talking Emmanuel, about. Emmanuel, I forgot his last name, yeah. but he had so much attention in like the recruiting world. I thought like he would have a lot of potential as well. Right. Um, yeah, I think not necessarily any like big surprises though. No, a lot of transfers, though. I noticed that, um, especially in the secondary. Jabbar Muhammad out of Washington, he's transferring in from Oklahoma State, I believe. Evan Williams out of Oregon, he's transferring in, I believe, from Fresno State or some kind of G5 Mm -hmm. school. Then, of course, Travis Hunter makes it on the first team. He also makes it as all-purpose player. 
I mean, he was first team for me. That was probably the easiest selection. There's no player as dynamic as he is in this conference. Yeah, there, there really isn't. I mean, it's, I think there was, oh, I forgot his, I'm forgetting names. Remember Oregon? <laughs> oh, no, Oregon State. The guy who played two ways, he was like a linebacker. Oh, uh, oh my gosh, Jack something. Yeah. What's his if name? If you know who I'm talking about, please put it in the comments. Yeah, but Jack Coletto. <laughs> There, yeah, Jack Coletto. When you see a two-way player, like you can't not put him kind of amongst the higher rankings. Like they're so dynamic, and Travis Hunter is one of those guys that are gonna, I think, surprise people. Like, yes, he already has that high ceiling, but like, just the plays that he's gonna make, and we're just gonna see something spectacular with him in Shador. Yep. Um, with the Buffs. And then uh, Jimmy Horn. Gets honorable mention return specialist. We also had an honorable mention for Mark Vissette, the punter. After going from one of the worst punting teams <laughs> in the entire country, now he makes honorable mention, but let's hope they don't have to use him as much this next year. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw a lot of uh, punting miscues last year. It was uh, <laughs> pretty sad. It was. But, yeah, I mean, I saw when I was, like, kind of looking at Mark Vissette and I was, like, doing my write-up for kind of the preseason picks um, – he received honorable mention all ACC, all ACC as a sophomore in mm -hmm. 2022, and he set the record for punting 52 times for an average of 44.6 yards per punt. Yep. So consistent guy, and he has like an, he has a leg on him. I'm excited to meet him and um, hear his Australian accent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's gonna be fun. Um, another little note: Nico Reed, a former Colorado Buff, made honorable mention defensive back. Um, that's pretty much it, though. I put him on my list too. Did you? I put Trevor Woods on my list instead I, of him. Yeah, I put Trevor Woods on my list. Everyone knows that. I'm a big fan of Trevor Woods. <laughs> Be careful. The chat doesn't like that. I know. He's, he's good. <laughs> They'll learn. <laughs> They'll learn. All right. Um, so yesterday, Neely sent us some uh, numbers from practice, some mm. speed numbers, and we talked about those. Today, we have some more numbers to talk about whenever you're ready, uh, Alyssa. These are uh, kind of power numbers, I guess, strength numbers. It's like a... You know, we talked yesterday about the uh, analytics that they were using. You can see it on the right, that peak power. Um, that just looks like something like a spark score or something to me. Just some kind of composite score that, uh, you know, kind of compiles everything into one. Here, I'll pull this up for you so you can see it okay. a bit easier. Even have my contacts in, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Here, just scroll right, <clears throat> and it's all right there. Um, but on the left, jump height. Jimmy Horn jumps out the gym again. <laughs> Absolutely killing it. And then Ben Finneseth. Where's Andre? Ben Finneseth makes the list. Jaden Milliner-Jones, Roderick Ward, and then Cormani McLean. Already showing up on these lists. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Alton McCaskill leads the way. Dylan Edwards, Charlie Offerdahl. Colton Allen, walk-on quarterback. And then Michael Harrison, someone we haven't talked about too much on this show but has been getting a lot of buzz for maybe becoming the starting tight end for tim brewster i was gonna i was gonna bring that up yeah today. what do you think yeah i mean i think in terms of like a blocking scheme i would like to see him kind of withstand a defensive end because i think that's a big mismatch there right um pass catching sure he was a wide receiver last year you know you gotta you know kind of popped into a couple games last year. I mean, Tim Brewster spoke very highly of him, but I also think that the Buffs are searching for a tight end option 
and they're kind of just like looking at certain pieces. I mean, I, there probably is something within Michael Harrison that he sees, like Jim Brewster wouldn't be talking so highly of him, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen it firsthand in terms of like, oh, like if anyone could be a tight end, it would be Michael Harrison. Like he wouldn't be necessarily like my first pick. Right. Maybe I'd like even put like Javon and Antonio, like six four big um, wide receiver that the Buffs have at tight end, but also, it's like in terms of terms comes down to like concepts and skills and what he can pick up. Yeah, that's one like what I'm like, hmm, like interesting. Right. And I'll have to see it firsthand, and I'll see how like that they kind of adjust the offensive line in order to cater to Michael Harrison at tight end. But I For mean, sure. I would take Passarello over Harrison. Right. Like you need you need a big guy. You need a big guy to block. Uh, last year, he was listed at uh, Michael Harrison was listed at six three two zero five. Coach Bruce said he's bulked up quite a bit, um, but I kind I mean I'm not gonna question the decision. But you got rid of Zico because he wasn't big enough, and now you're kind of getting in the business of you know converting wide receivers to tight ends already. Uh, they just need a tight end, someone to really hold down that position. I think more than anything on the offensive side of the ball as we head into camp. Mm -hmm. uh, Elijah Yelverton's a guy who, I mean, we keep throwing him out there. He was at Iowa, which is another tight end factory. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, had to medically retire. I think he's going to factor in quite a bit. Um, Monty's saying Coach Prime literally called Elijah his tight end on Monday. So we'll see. Yeah. It's that, feel, that position feels wide open. Yeah, it's completely wide open. I haven't, like, there's, I think there's a lot of options and, like, things that they can do. But, yeah, like, I think one of like the more kind of like shocking de departures was Sado. like he he was like he was like that solid like number one guy we all had him like yep. kind of number one going in and yeah i think it ultimately came down to scheme and we've like talked about it but now i feel like they're just kind of trying to pull some strings in order to make that position work to their advantage but um hopefully it doesn't um leave shador too open because that could get dangerous. Yep. Have you watching Quarterback on Netflix? Um, I abstain from all Patrick Mahomes propaganda. <laughs> I do too, and I don't <laughs> like his voice. But it's been getting me like so excited. For, it's getting me so excited for football. And like there's there was last it was I forgot what episode it was, but it was just showing them like getting hit over and over and over. And Kirk Cousins was just exposed like almost on every play. He was the most hit quarterback in 2022. Yeah, he got and, wrecked. If your offensive line isn't protecting your quarterback, like it can really wear them down. And yeah, if they're hopefully tight end line, that whole front right. can protect Shador Sanders. Cause they're, if they don't have Shador throwing the ball, then it's going to be a precarious uh, situation. I'll tell you what I have been checking out is that, uh, that play caller podcast from Jordan Rodriguez and the athletic. I don't mm. know if you heard about that, mm. but it's just kind of going in depth in like the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Um, like the most recent, um, you know, Figures, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, uh, LaFleur. Mm -hmm. That's been fascinating to listen to. Yeah. Um, I'll check it out. I mean, I love Kyle Shanahan. For, I'm a 49ers fan, so I'm like, I really respect and appreciate the, the way that Kyle Shanahan operates an offense and the amount of coaches he's put, guy. <laughs> he's put around the NFL, like yeah. um, D'Amico Ryans, um, Robert right. Saleh, right. um, Mike McDaniels. Yep. Like, they're all Mike McDaniels in that podcast, too. Oh, it's great. I love Mike McDaniels. Yeah. Anyways, um, is their jump high just like their vertical? I'm assuming so. Uh, Alton McCaskill looking good there. I mean, this is a guy who, of course, went yeah. through a pretty bad knee injury. Chance Mann was one of my breakout players for yep. this year. He's gotten so strong I and know. like 
I think just talking to him, he's so, I think, driven and ready to contribute. But I think his work in the weight room has translated a lot. And just with these numbers, it's like, oh, look at look at Chance Man putting up some numbers. It's good to see. It's good to see. Um, real quick, just to go to the right side, um, some guys that we've been talking about a lot that have really stood out. Cole Boschia, as a guy who, you know, a walk-on wide receiver. Wide receiver is absolutely loaded. He's been making plays all spring. Mm-hmm. Um, Tajay McCoy, I don't know if you ever dug into his film when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. He made a massive jump from junior year to senior season, kind of changed his body, changed his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and Edge is suiting him a lot more. That peak power shows up there in that stat. Kvasier Smoke, uh, you know, we talk a lot about McCaskill, but this one-two punch shaping up between him and Smoke looks to be pretty, pretty powerful. And then in the bigs down there, Tank performing pretty well. You nice. love to see that with such a large frame, uh, being able to move and push people. And then Shane Cokes, probably yeah. the leader on your defense. And Aaron Walker, too. I've talked to yep. him. Really nice kid, and I could tell like he has a really, like I think, strong base. Um, and he has that strength, too. I haven't really seen a lot of his like clips, but from what we talked about, like overall solid guy. Excited to see if... I mean, that defensive end, like that whole ends group is just like stacked. Yeah. So maybe it'll take some time for him to get integrated into the rotation. Yeah, Gearhead says that can't be vertical too low for highest on team. That's a good point. So I don't know what this exactly is. We know we kind of okay. see them in the videos jumping over like the uh, mm-hmm. the little hurdles and stuff. So we I don't know. We should ask Neely. We will ask Neely. We'll find out for <laughs> sure. Shout out to Shador's number two. You guys already know what it is. It's grilling season out there. Hopefully you got some ready for whatever you're grilling up this summer. Have you tried Shador's number two yet? No, I haven't. I you'll th- have to, you'll have to, because you're the only person that I know. I think I'll be able to help you out uh, here in Vegas <laughs> in a few days. Uh, Shador's number two is a tomato-based, rich, thick, sweet, molasses-style barbecue sauce with tangy vinegar and fire heat that finishes with a subtle smoky note. You can go to plbse.com. Use the code ALLCITY, all caps, all, or at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your order of Shador's number two. I told you before the show, you have the spirit in the buff of the buffs in your hands. The light? Yeah. Do you want what do you want me to yeah. do? Yeah. Well, I need you to check in on the spirit of the buffs. Just just Do I press it? Just like oh, there it goes. Wow. It is at- strong today. <laughs> How about that? Uh shout out to Saturday Neon. The company started by two friends and former college roommates at CU. And they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. They're based out of Denver. Uh, they're shipped with everything you need to mount power and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. Uh, they're made with high-quality materials and backed by a two-year warranty. They've got 18 other select schools, including the Buffs. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DMVR for 10% off your order today, and you get free shipping on orders over 200 bucks. Oh, this is sick. I'll get my dad <laughs> you like one. That? <laughs> he needs like another Saturday thing. Neon. Another thing for his wall in his basement. Yeah, they're great for basements, great for man caves, all that good stuff. Women caves. Women caves Come too. Come on, Jake. We don't discriminate <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to media day, of course. And Woo. I mean, we'll kind of we'll just talk about it here. But there's some headlines that came out yesterday, specifically about um, what the Pac-12 and the future of the conference may look like. They announced there's going to be no media deal to come out between now and when Commissioner Kolovkov takes the stage on Friday. Uh, reports are coming out that new bidders are, in, are involved. Um, you know, this whole thing obviously has been going on for forever, almost over a year at this point. 
the press conference with the commissioner is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I, think, I assume. Yeah, he's going to certainly get a lot of questions as to why they haven't struck a media deal yet and like what kind of those inhibiting factors are and kind of generating that money. And it's such a, you know, it seems so simple for the other conferences, you know, to get Fox and like CBS and, you know, all those big sports broadcasting networks. And for some reason, like the Pac-12 like they don't have that same lucrative nature as the other other conferences and ultimately like you know maybe it's just such a complex situation because like there you know there's talent across the Pac-12 but there's a reason why USC is leaving there's a reason why UCLA is leaving there's a reason why CU is rumored to move to the Big 12 like you see kind of those dominoes falling Mm -hmm. within the conference and um, the commissioner just seems to not have any answers at this current like day and time like we've been kind of waiting to see how he's gonna kind of resolve these things and save his most lucrative assets which is like Colorado right now and for for these rumors to be rising like there's a reason why these rumors are coming to light is because there hasn't been any progress within getting those lucrative deals into the Pac-12 right uh, are you planning on grilling the commissioner when he goes up there on the podium? We'll see. I've never been to this event, <laughs> so I'm just kind of I'm going to see what kind of the vibes are and stuff. And yeah. um, I might sit back for that one. But if I if I'm <laughs> if I'm feeling like a question, I think I'm I think I'm asking. But I think the general question is going to be why they haven't struck a media deal yet. And right. usually, like when you're in like interviews and stuff, you those ideas and those questions like come immediately to you. So yep. I'm hoping that happens to me if in that scenario, if I were so bravely to ask the commissioner a question. Right. Um, on the other end of that, it came out yesterday that the Mountain West has welcomed back San Diego State. They've given them that $6 million payment that they were withholding for their exit fee. Um, they've come to an agreement that San Diego State must now just pay the uh, legal f- um, legal fines that came out of the last month when you know they put out the letter the letter hey we're leaving but we're not really leaving yet. <laughs> um, some great memes came out of that. Yeah, and like I mean they were expecting an invitation from the Pac-12, but yeah. the Pac-12 didn't even answer. Well, the Pac-12 completely left them hanging. They didn't yeah. have a deal to offer them, um, and San Diego State was literally like. One foot in, one foot out of the Mountain West. Yeah, I feel like before you make a big jump like that, like, you know, (laughs) before you do something like that, I feel like you need to have insurance on the other end that you're going to be able to do what you sought out to do. And maybe, like, maybe behind the scenes, I I don't know, like, there was, like, some brief discussions, like, some guy like, oh, I got you, like, Pac-12 guys, like, I totally got you. And then SDSU is like, what's up? And he's like, actually, no. Yep. (laughs) Turned away at the door. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that's, that's a program that would definitely need a lot of development in order to get to that Pac-12 level. I mean, level. basketball, they're ready. True. But everything True. else, you're right. But, I mean... I think them and Cal are kind of interchangeable right now. That's Plus, fair. That'd be an interesting matchup. That's fair. Um, we got to see them in non-con together. The Pac-12, though, this, is, this was their biggest realignment target was SDSU. We've been hearing about them for months. Mm -hmm. Uh, They completely whiffed. Like, spun around five times, (laughs) fell on their ass. Like, whiffed (laughs) so bad on this. 
And the conference is just kind of, I mean, where do you even do at this point? You can get SMU if you want, but now that doesn't feel as significant because that's going to be your headliner. There's no other schools really. I mean, you people throw out Tulane, you know, um, all sorts of other Mountain West schools, Boise State or whatever. Mm-hmm. But San Diego State, to me, always felt like the most organic fit for this conference. Yeah. Um, they were f- filling something that the Pac-12 wouldn't have after USC and Southern UCLA California, left. Southern California, yeah. Exactly. And now you don't have that. You have uh, Cal Berkeley now, and I guess... Stanford. And Stanford, of course. So you have the Bay Area. Yeah, kind of the Northwest. But yeah, Southern California, it's weird to have... We still have a year, but there's going to be a hole there. And that just... Yeah, like you said, it just seemed like the best organic fit and it fit the needs of what the Pac-12 needed and it seemed like a mutually beneficial thing but kind of going back to the Pac-12 and like their financial assets you know the maybe the bandwidth there wasn't I mean also in term I think there the SCSU would be a team that would be like most affordable like there's so many elements of that partnership that seem that seemed like it would work out but there's you know if a school is so passionate and trying to get into the conference there was something that was withholding from the Pac-12 side of things that that deal couldn't have been done because from the outside looking in it seemed like a really good partnership and it seemed like it it kind of checked a lot of boxes in terms of kind of where the Pac-12 is headed and what they needed to do in order to fill that hole yep the Pac-12 is kind of a mess yep Always has been. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I was um, I was talking to Brandon Davis Swain's coach yesterday, and he's right. like, yeah, a lot of my guys, like, they don't really usually go out west. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, it's kind of ironic, though, because this is the strongest the Pac-12 has been in quite a while, just in terms of the overall talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaching in this conference now is way up there. The mm-hmm. quarterback play, of course, the skill talent. Um, it's kind of a shame to see it all come to an end after this year when it feels like they're really finally hitting a yeah, peak. Yeah, I'm so interested to see like what um, the commissioner's opening statement's going to be and like what yeah. kind of like band-aid um, <laughs> proclamation he makes. Nothing to see here. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> to kind of appease kind of the media and, and provide like some answers into what's going on. But right. us being nosy journalists, it's definitely going to get, um, I think, some heat. It is. What are you looking forward to the most? Um, <laughs> I think just like, because, you know, I've only kind of been stationed in Boulder and been around this program, but seeing like Lincoln Riley and like Chip Kelly and like mm-hmm. all of the coaches and kind of meeting those other quarterbacks. Like I'd love to talk to like Caleb Williams, right. um, Bo Nix. Um, Cam Rising. Yeah, Kenny Penix. Dillingham, too. I'm yep. excited to see, like, what kind of pieces he's putting together. Like, I mean, they're going to be a program that, you know, is going to have to find their footing. They've been, like, you know, slowly recruiting. I forgot. They got a really – no, he went to Arizona. Never mind. I know yeah, they got, the like, that – Yeah, that big five-star recruit. Different school, different program. But interested to see um, – also, like, talk to Jalen Conyers, too. I'm yep. like – He's been doing stuff with our PHNX guys. He's got like his own show over there and stuff. So, oh, sick. Yeah, he's going to be good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, There's so many things that I'm excited for. I'm just excited to meet other people around the Pac-12 because yes. I've never had an opportunity to talk to them like one-on-one and just see, you know, what what's going on in their programs. Um, I'll tell you right now, guys, I'm looking forward to Cam Ward. 
uh, just because of you know Shador's coming up from the FB or from um, FCS to the Power Five. Cam Ward made that transition last year. Just love to pick his brain um, and maybe ask him about Shador and just kind of see that transition, what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for the head coaches, of course. That's always going to be interesting. Caleb, as you mentioned, is going to be great. Um, and then Jordan Clark, the other ASU player coming. Mm-hmm. Ryan Clark's son. Yes. Mm. So that'll be a good That'll be a good one. combo. Yeah. Um, I guess the coach, uh, other than Coach Prime, would be Chip Kelly. Yeah. I mean, that guy's just been through everything in the football world. He's been doing it for so long, so innovative, just being able to pick his mind for a little bit. Yeah, and see what he's going to be doing with, like, Dante Moore and, like, their whole quarterback situation. Like, what Right. Yep. maybe his offense going to look like with just, you know, that freshman talent. Because they're going to start him, right? Like, they haven't... Um, Dante Moore? Yeah. We think so. Yeah, I think so, too. Seems like they're only... Yeah, I mean, option. right. They brought in Colin Schley out of Kent State. So he was Sean Lewis's quarterback last year. But mm. um, there was quite a drop off from the quarterback before him and when he was the quarterback at Kent State. Oh. So Dustin Crum was the really good quarterback yeah. they had there. So I'm going to pick Chip Kelly's brain about. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what that, what he's looking looking like. Uh, I wonder if it would be like a quarterback situation like the Buffs where like <laughs> everyone's just being rotated and no one knows oh, what's going no. on. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Uh, um, anything up else on Media Day you want to mention? Um, we were talking beforehand. I wish I wasn't saying until Sunday. That was a really bad decision. <laughs> but I will be in Vegas until Sunday, roasting and Good working luck. and maybe some maybe some tears. We'll see. I think I'll be able to pick myself up, but none of You'll my friends okay. will be there. <laughs> You'll be all right. Uh, shout out to our friends at Bacchus and Shanker. They're here for you if you get hurt. And they've been helping those in Colorado who have been seriously injured for more than 25 years. No fees to speak with them about your case. No fees while they work on your case. And no fees unless they win your case and win money for you. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. Um, they have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. More than 30 lawyers and 100 people on staff. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrian, trucks. We can even help if you're injured at work. Smash the Shador line at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Then also shout out to Illegal Pete's. This episode of the DMBR Buffs podcast is brought to you by Illegal Pete's. Have you shared your Illegal Pete's order on this show yet? Yeah, I I actually went. So I went to the Illegal Pete's in Denver, and it was fire. It was, like, so good. (laughs) I I got a burrito with queso, fajitas, chicken, lettuce, white rice, black beans, um green chili like it was like leaking but like it was that's the sign of a good burrito yeah i was like you know it was busting out it was busting out (laughs) the tortilla and yeah it was it was really good um illegal pizza is your go-to spot this summer uh you can kick back and enjoy an ice cold margarita or a bucket of high noon seltzers for just 22 bucks make sure you follow them on instagram and twitter at illegal pizza illegal pizza your go-to spot for burritos buddies and beers and then one more real quick. Shout out to FOCO, the leading manufacturer of sports and merchandise with a, par- a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They got bobbleheads, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, if you need a gift for a sports fan, a Colorado sports fan in particular, FOCO is where you need to go. Baseball season right now. Uh, they got Aloha shirts for you, Nikki. 
Yeah, <laughs> I love a good Hawaiian shirt. Straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need uh, for a game. They always have our back for Colorado sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DMVR, and you'll get 10% off. Hopefully I can right. switch my flights around. <laughs> really th- racking my brain here on how I'm going to figure that out. <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay. All right. Um, let's do questions. MLN. The other buffs got shafted. Who votes for these slots? I don't know exactly who votes for them. Uh, I assume. I mean, I got to vote. You got to vote. Adam probably got to vote. Brian, Brian probably got to vote. vote. Yeah, um, everyone... Like voters are selected by their SIDs and like local media um, that covers that beat. They're like personally selected by the SIDs. So yeah, it's like people knowledgeable like of that specific team. But I think like ultimately what happened is that people are don't know what's going on within Colorado's program in terms of like all these new faces coming in. Like there's there's a lot of just nuance with this team. So people don't really know what the buffs can produce other than that they're getting a lot of talent but in terms of like pac 12 reporters they're kind of you know i think we all kind of stuck with familiarity and like right. what guys produced last season within the pac 12 and like what those teams did so i think you know being a reporter that's not reporting on the buffs they don't really know firsthand what that talent looks looks like and like how you know the whole team works together so i think that's why a lot of Colorado wasn't really like well represented in um, the the picks this year is because of just the People general questions. Know. Yeah, they yeah. just don't know. And they're not putting the effort in to find out at this point in the season. Yeah. So that's what happens. Yeah, that's is, that's ultimately what happened. Right. You I get think. the headliner and Travis Hunter, and then everyone else is just kind of. I mean, I voted for Des Moines Kennedy. I voted for Shane Cox. I voted for Shane Cox. Uh, Jordan Dominic wasn't on there for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's yeah, he is. He's gonna be so good. I know. He's gonna be so good. Um, I'm trying to think. I wish Otto McCaskill was on there. He would have got a vote for me as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. The end of the season, Pac-12 teams will look much different. I think. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, I'd throw, like, maybe Xavier Weaver in there, but we also need to see. Right, He's, Weaver. like, one guy that's, like, if anything, he would get an honorable mention, but he wouldn't be on, like, a team quite yet. Yeah. Um, you can start that comment from uh, G Bad Real. Yeah, the Cormani and Travis one. We can get to that if you want. Um, next one. Angela, Nikki, Travis and Shador at Pac-12 Media Day. Who would have been the third player you wanted to see at Pac-12 Media Day from CU? That's a great question. It is. Damn. Um, <laughs> okay, I would say Shiloh. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I thought you were going to go with another safety. Oh, yeah. No, I was, yeah, no, I was, I was going to say Shiloh. No, you're thinking I was going to say Trevor Woods. I, yeah, I think I in terms of like a good interview, I'd like to say Shiloh. I've never like talked to him one-on-one. And you, you fill in this question while I pull up. The roster. I mean, I think Shane Cox would have been a great representative mm-hmm. of this university. Um, obviously, a very smart guy coming from Dartmouth. Played at an all-conference level last year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have been someone. I would have loved to see Shiloh. Tyler Brown. So oh, sweet. I love that guy. Yeah, he would have been great at Pac-12 Media Day, too. He probably would have got a lot of new fans. Yeah. I think people would like Jordan Dominic, too. Really yeah. nice guy. Like, 
he like you know he's a good he's a good interview as yeah. well and like is really open and honest with us as well i mean we're spoiled we have so many personalities on this team that, so many uh, new faces to learn too like i'm yeah. like let's bring everyone i need to get I to know. know these people before fall camp starts right. <laughs> i mean shoot you already talked about him today arden walker i mean that guy he we've had him on here we're gonna get him back at some point nice um but he's awesome to talk to yeah really smart guy um who else would have been great? Uh, chat says Bishop Thomas, Jimmy Horn, of course. Bishop Thomas seems like so sweet. I've heard like such like sweet things yeah. about him, and he just has like this like really like brightening personality. Um, I think Reggie Young, he has a good story, yeah. but I mean, in terms of like, oh, I can't wait to talk to him. Yeah. All right, uh, Ken, what's all the positions that gets grouped into the combo group? Oh, okay. Um, from from the practice stats? I was wondering the same thing. I was Let like, me what, see. combo, what does combo mean? Um, combo. So we got McCaskill, Edwards, Offerdahl, Allen, Harrison. So it's obviously the running backs and quarterbacks. Um, but then Michael Harrison, too, who might be a tight end. I mean, I usually group running backs in with skill players. Um, but mm -hmm. for some reason they're not doing that. Um, I don't know if it's just based on, you know, body types or what it is, but yeah, maybe it's like combo, like in terms of like foundations or like, you know, maybe like a little bit of like the blocking aspects of things. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, I'm Cole now and can't block, so <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> but if Cole and Allen's blocking this season, a lot went wrong. Um, what else Ooh. do we got? Almost. What's that? Got my laptop wet <laughs> with that. <laughs> Can't do that before media day. Uh, Ken, what position does the guy from England play on the team? Oh. Uh, the new... Uh, linebacker. Uh, from Tennessee, right? Or Kofi Taylor Barracks. Oh, Kofi Taylor Barracks. Um, the new linebacker from Tennessee is from Panama, I believe. I can't... Is there another Brit on the roster? Um, we lost other than, Zico. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, <laughs> if you know, maybe you know something that I don't. I don't, unfortunately. Uh, Nikki, what Pac-12 coach takes a shot at Coach Prime at Pac-12 Media Day? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, I don't know. It's just like in terms of like, I would say, I don't know. I want to say... Kenny Dillingham, but I don't have any reason why other than like they're both like new coaches and I'm like speaking on like he what? He just seems like a cool guy. Yeah, he just seems like a cool guy. I don't think any of them will, but if I were to pick one, it'd be like Kenny Dillingham in terms of like, I think the parallel nature of like a new, um, coaching a new team and like um, kind of figuring out like what their coaching approaches are. And I'm only speaking on this because of the, the new news of like the Oklahoma coach saying that yep. stuff about Coach Prime. And he's like, I did it this way. But yeah, I would say Kenny Dillingham, but don't, Kenny Dillingham, if you're watching this, I think you're cool and <laughs> I want to talk to you and I don't think you have anything slanderous to say. I really don't think it was him. Who do you think? Who do I think it was? Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. What? I thought, no, I'm, I was saying like answering the question, like who would oh. take a shot? No, I wouldn't. I thought you were talking about who took the anonymous shot no, at him. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, scroll up. Someone said what combo was. It was quarterbacks, uh, running backs, tight ends, and linebackers. So there you go. It's just like the, um, I guess, everything but the perimeter players and not the trenches. 
Okay. So. Yeah. Um, what else we got? What's up, Mac Mill? Have we noticed that Shiloh took Cormani under his wing in practices and drills? He's always next to Cormani talking to him. I have noticed that, mm-hmm. and I love to see that. Yeah, it's always good to like lift your boys up and kind of show them a little bit of the ropes and kind of routes that you're running and the way that you approach the game. But I mean, yeah, I think Cormani, I think with his talent and also like everyone around him, is in good hands in terms of learning really, really advanced techniques in right. the back. Um. I think that's just why Cormani came here. He's yeah. already got a ton of friends. The guys already love him. He's hanging out with Dylan Edwards a bunch too. Um, that kind of atmosphere. I mean, I understand why you'd want to come here. Yeah, and like, I mean, for we'll many see what reasons. happens with like Charles Lester, but it seems like with all of these like big recruiting pickups, it's like always like the secondary that's like, wow, like they've, they've picked up so many talented yeah. kind of four-star, five-star guys within that group because who wouldn't want to learn from right. one of the best who's ever done it? Uh, Travis was asking if you have season tickets, but you're a credentialed reporter. Yeah, I don't. I don't have season tickets. I'm gonna be up in the press box, eating my <laughs> the Coach Prime nachos. Yeah. <laughs> we on the spring game we got we got food vouchers for Coach Prime nachos, but Dave Flatty used to have um, catering there, and we used to eat a bunch of mac yep. and cheese and Caesar salad yep, some nice and meatloaf. barbecue, some breakfast burritos. I hope they restock the Sierra Mist because they never they never had it at the end of the season. Everyone kind of gave up. It was always rough when it was like uh, after halftime or something and you get up and you're thirsty and there's no water bottles left. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, like, I really have to drink like two sodas right coffee. now. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Clint's live show at Media Day. Uh, stay tuned. You'll find out very, very soon. You'll find out tomorrow. Hmm. Um, MacMill also, can you guys go live in here when the Buffs do their media time? That would be dope. We have you guys covered. We have you completely covered. Uh, Jay, what's the story behind the DMVR Coach Primed Ralphie on your gear? Absolutely the coolest independent piece of merchandise on the market. Please don't stop production. Is he talking about the SCO shirt? Yeah. Okay. That's an amazing... I mean, Eric is... D-Line is just unbelievable with his designs and what he makes for the shirts. But, um... That's one of my favorites, too. Probably my favorite shirt, actually, from DMVR. Can I get a shirt? Uh, <laughs> I'll help you out. Thanks. <laughs> I, have, I have to put Jake on the spot or else I won't get what I want. <laughs> Osmald Nato. Um, yeah, that's Long Beach State. Your dad played baseball there? Yeah, my dad, he, he like went to so many colleges in California, but I think he like briefly played. He went to Fullerton, but he didn't play. He did not play baseball at Fullerton. It would have been sick, but my dad played um, golf. Oh, okay. Mostly, but yeah. RK little, played golf. Like in college? I think so, yeah. Honestly, like that's the sport to get your kids in, especially like women, because they offer so many scholarships for it. So. Yeah, I missed the boat with that one, but yeah. I am a big golfer now. But, yeah, Long Beach State, shout out to my dad. I took this from him, but he also gave it to me. That's too. dope, though. I know. It says it's like it's sick. I gotta Does it have you. your last name on the back? No. Oh. It just says the beach. That's but so yeah, dope. 32 LB. Hell, yeah. Uh, Ron, Utah over USC as a bigger game. I mean, it's the last season or last game of the season, so it absolutely could mean more. The last time USC will be in the Pac-12. Yes, and I take the USC solely because of that, and because CU's never beat them. 
Yeah. Yep. So, um, and also, I think, I mean, they were, they're probably going to be voted number preseason Pac-12 number one, USC. Mm-hmm. Winning that game, I think, would just be bigger for, you know, big picture for the Buffs, winning that game over the Utah game. Yeah, because cause they play Oregon and then they play USC at home. Right. So, I think, I mean, rolling into that, rolling into conference with both of those teams, like, yeah, I think if they beat USC, like, that'll be certainly a boost um, in confidence because you never want to – I don't think they're going to go um, one and two to begin the season. I think they're going to go two and one. But I agree. Yeah. Winning is part of the formula, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, Alex. Oh, God. Wah, wah. I mean, I okay. – You can do this if you want. Yeah, I think it's like – I'm not- <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. Like, I don't really care what you say. Well, I do care what Tell you say. Them. I said I put them fifth. I put them fifth. You're gonna I, be okay. Yeah, I put like, you know, all of, like the usual Pac-12 winners. I think it was like USC, Utah, Oregon, and then um, the Buffs, and then like UCLA, and then Arizona, and then Stanford, and Oregon Did you State. have Oregon State? Uh, I had Oregon State. Where did I have them? One second. It's right here. Uh, I had them fourth, I believe. Honestly, that's pretty good. Um, fourth or third? Oof. Yeah, that was a tough one. The six. So UCLA at six, Oregon State at seventh, Washington State okay. eighth, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford. You're gonna set the chat off here in a minute. I had Utah and USC, and then Oregon, and then Washington. Actually, <laughs> um, is the TCU trip still available? Yes, I don't think we are selling the flight anymore. But if you wanted to do the hotel, stay at the hotel with us, um, do the tailgate with us, of course, go to the game with us. Uh, it's all still there. Go to the dmbr.com at the very top on that black bar. Uh, go to events, it'll pull down and it just says DMVR road trip. See you at TCU. Check that out. Okay. Yeah, well, it'll be in the description, too. Uh, G-Bad, are we going to talk about Cormani and Travis going one-on-one? We only saw a glimpse. I mean, that, did you watch that well off yesterday and see No, that? I should watch it. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all right. There was a... I, like their, I saw their cleats. Yes. Those are dope. It's giving Toronto Raptors. Um, the... <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a part. They're at practice, of course. Mm-hmm. Cormani lines up at DB across from Travis. Mm-hmm. You see them start, and then it cuts. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think I saw that clip on Twitter, but I thought yeah. it just, like, ended, and, like, that was it. But maybe they were running, like, specific, like, routes they're going to do for the yeah, fall. Um, but, I mean, still, at least, like, maybe. Like, come on, Terrius. Or, I mean, it was Bucky. Whichever one. I'm yeah, like, let's, well off. let's see little, let's see little, maybe I a little know. bit of that. I think we'll get a sneak peek at some point, though. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it'll definitely come soon. I mean, like literally, fall camp is in like two weeks, ish. Oh but my I mean, god! I wonder if they'll let us watch practice. I feel like they will. I Maybe think, like a couple. I think we'll get some chances for sure. Leon says Travis most likely ran past him. I, if you had to bet, who won one rep? One. One rep is all you get. Travis at wide receiver, Cormani at DB. I take Travis because he knows how DBs move. Right. And Cormani is a little bit younger. They're both like five-star guys. 
I think Cormani did, you know, he definitely put the pressure on, but I think Travis uh, won that matchup. You'd say, would you say the same? Yeah, Travis for sure. Yeah. At this point, I mean, yeah. maybe a year or two, Cormani can, uh, Travis is just obviously a little bit further ahead. Yeah. So. Um, what's up, Angela? Can NFL guys do seven on seven drills with college guys now? Um, I don't think, I mean, I think you can go to a park. And, like, if you set it up and you have, like, your own coaches and stuff, why not? Um, I do think this is something that the NCAA may have a rule on or get their hands in, though. I don't think that, you know, obviously you're dealing with college players. but Russell Wilson was at Folsom. Not, yeah. the, not the same thing, but. Right. I don't think we saw. I mean, it'd be dope if, you know, Travis is out there running routes, catching passes from Russ. But uh, I don't think that. That's exactly something they would do, unfortunately. Buffalo Steam. Any updates on the players that joined the team from the Juco slash grad camp? You just talked to... Uh, Jeremiah McCrimmon. Yeah. Super nice kid. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's finishing up summer classes at um, Cahoma Community College, and he's trying to get to Boulder as um, soon as possible. Yeah, he was the only player out of those camps to receive a scholarship in terms of walk-ons like i've been seeing like kind of videos pop up like chidobia wuzier's cousin mm -hmm. etok yeah like he popped up and i was like oh he's he's yeah. on the team yep so uh, kind of keeping a closer eye on that but in terms of like scholarship like jeremiah mccrimmon was um one of the only ones out of the three camps to receive a scholarship but yeah it was kind of like a i think a miraculous thing where his cousin was calling him and uh, he didn't pick up the phone the first time. And then his cousin called him like a couple more times. And he's like, okay, this is probably like an emergency. And he's like, yo, you should go out to the Colorado camp. And he's like, for sure. And he was, he told me, he was like, even when I was on the plane, like, I know I'm going to go in there and get a scholarship. Like I don't see it going go. in any other way. So like he had, he had a lot of confidence going into it. And you know, he was looking for another four year opportunity he played at Mississippi state um, with Mike Leach legendary Mike Leach yep. and I asked him about that and he Ripped said pirate man he has a lot of respect for him and we'll never forget him and he was in disbelief when he passed but yeah we kind of he's he's super sweet I think there's definitely going to be you know some growth there and some development getting adjusted to I think the power five again but yeah I mean Bill Boyle saw something in him and he mm -hmm. said he's flexible at guard and tackles so sweet yeah absolutely love that that's awesome yeah um, I love the mentality thing you said too. Already coming in, knowing he's going to get a scholarship. Yeah. those are the type of guys these this camp was for. Yeah, yeah, he, that's awesome. And he got ex he literally got exactly that. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, love the um, confidence there. It's kind of just like manifesting. Right. Uh, Alfredi, what is Travis J injury and status? Uh, short answer: I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was a leg injury. Um, Obviously, he had that brace on. I don't know how severe it was. But, I mean, it looks like he's progressing pretty well, you know, coming from the ba the having the brace on to now shedding the brace and just kind of being more, a little bit more involved in practice. Mm. But uh, still not, you know, on the field running and being a football player yet. What's up, Luis? Uh, since we're both credential media, will you be able to go to the TCU tailgate Friday night meetup? Are you going to uh, Fort Worth? Yes. You are? Yeah. Let's go. That's tight. I know. I need to also book that. Book that. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll both be at the tailgate. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't we'll know. We'll be at the stadium for yeah. hours before anyway. Okay, so. I'll probably I'll probably pop by and like say hi before right. I have to do the damn thing. Yep. Uh, what's up, Jay? Thanks for the super chat, man. I wonder why only a few guys got cleats. Um, I don't know. I mean, Coach kind of did that with the numbers thing too. So I don't know if that's on that same level. And I did obviously a lot of different styles. Yeah, uh, like accent in like the, the shark tooth design on the bottom yeah, too. Yeah, those are dope. I mean, I saw like green and like red ones. Right. So I kind of think they may just be... An incentive thing? Well, just kind of trying different like styles out or color combinations out, I yeah. guess, just to... Because if those were like buffs cleats, with, like the gold or like, right. black, even, like even like black and white, like that'd be so hard. Yeah. Um, I, like they're not going to wear green cleats <laughs> no you, yeah so. no 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 there you go thanks for doing this that was awesome yeah that was uh another another day i know i got a busy day today i need Me to too. i need to yeah i need to figure some stuff out yeah it's gonna be a pretty uh pretty crazy next few days coming up sean says first rounds on him when we get to dallas sean's one of our guys let's go hell yeah man jb just got an nil deal it never stops, does it? No, there's always <laughs> there's always some news. I'd like to see some um, kind of more commitments coming in. I mean, they still have some scholarships, but that you know, a couple nice. times something to talk to Coach Prime about and seeing what they have um, right. in the works. We'll finally get to hear from the from the man himself. Um, it's been a long summer. That's why I'm like loving quarterback. I'm like I'm just watching it. I'm like yeah. I get chills. Like I literally get chills watching football. Like that's how like football. Um, What's the word? Um, I've just been without football for a while, and I miss it. <laughs> You're and deprived. Yeah, football deprived. There you go. Um, Are you football deprived? Oh, yeah. It's July has been crushing me. Yeah. I need it. Like, I kind of, I don't know, like, who I am anymore. Like, what, my soul. Right. Something's missing. Yeah. I need it. I need it. <laughs> All right, that was fun. We'll, uh, we'll see you out in Vegas. We'll talk to you guys out in Vegas. Stay tuned for a massive announcement tomorrow. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. <laughs>